Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I am unashamed. What about you? So welcome back to Unashamed. I'm still down here at the Southern Lair. I'm looking at at the image of Jay's and Dad there. There's a plate of what looks like either cookies or biscuits. I can't quite make it out, but I'm glad that my fatty liver and myself are here, are here in Gulf Shores, Alabama, not there, because whatever's on that plate is looking mighty fine about this time of the morning, Jason. No, I don't what, know what you uh, have there. What, as my brother Willie would say, what had happened was <laughs> a few <laughs> podcasts ago, I brought up the, uh, I can't, it's hard for me to find a word to describe the vintage coconut macaroon but i had discovered some in case people missed this podcast because it was quite a few ago i discovered some at a dollar general in tennessee yeah you were actually you you were actually remote on that podcast from nashville as i recall okay well maybe that was it yeah yeah and then you had discovered it and you in the park you were been in the parking lot and actually as i recall you went back in Oh, I went back in. I made Missy stop the car, uh, and, and Kay was with us. We it was yep. when we had uh, the baby blessing for for my new grandson, and uh, I had to I had to stop the car a moment, and I had to go back in because I bought one package because I haven't had a vintage coconut macaroon for years. What what became funny, uh, you know, after I told the story is because I stopped the car, went in, and. I didn't clear the rack. I left one package for a friend because <laughs> I felt bad about just because it was a full rack. And I just, I first I had them all and then I moved one. I said, no, my, my grandma said, always leave a plate for a stranger. For the stranger. That's and so right. I just, just took my hand and just took all the packages off and just, and then I dumped them on the right in front of the cash register. Jace, you know what they call? There's a name for that. It's called the rack rake. <laughs> <laughs> so I did a rack rake, and so so also what I did was, you know, I didn't share this part, but the guy working behind the counter, you know, he had a strange look because I had just had the transaction with one bag. I left the store. I now come back. It was almost like he was looking like. Is is he doing something illegal or because it, it seemed weird? Yeah. And I said they were that good. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, but I left one package back there. If you want to try it, I said, or you can just wait for a customer. But if I were you, <laughs> I would go take that. It's a dollar. But anyway, so I tell that story, and so Al, your daughter. And I had no idea this was going to happen. I showed up and saw this plate on what seems to be coconut macaroons. But my first thought was, 
because your daughter, she made these. She didn't buy yep. these in a store. Oh, these are homemade. Uh, these are homemade. So I'd like for, to try one on the way out. Al, from Al's daughter, Alex, and uh, who's, a, who's a bit of a chef herself. Yeah, she's a pastry and, chef. And so now she knows uh, in our family it's okay to have constructive criticism. So I yep. have never tasted what I'm fixing to taste. We're going to do a taste test. But there's also another storyline that has emerged here. Because when I shared that story in, in Tennessee, well, Phil had for some reason has displaced the memory of the coconut <laughs> macaroon because he was like, I don't even know if I've ever had one. But you introduced <laughs> these to me when I was a kid. They used to really? come in a different package and yeah. they were a lot bigger than this, a lot flatter. Now, the ones I got in Dollar General actually looked like a little smaller version of this. Right. But uh, so we want to try to jog your memory. You don't remember these? Ben? No. I, I, I just, I'm having a, I mean, we're trying to, I feel like we're doing some kind I of. I was the same way. So, Jace, you were in Tennessee when you were telling us this. And then I look over at Dad. I was in your chair. And I said, yeah, Dad, you know, oh, Dad, you remember coconut macaroons? Dad said, a, a maca, what? And Phil, you he, introduced he, this to our family. His it, love for the macaroons is why we fell in love with them. Now, macaroons. we're going back 40 years. Oh, well, I know. Way, you know, way back. You know, yeah, yeah. I don't know why I wouldn't have thought of that. Well, <laughs> Phil, I've never forgotten them because once I, I tasted one. But you remember they, 40 years ago when you got into the macaroons? Oh, uh, yeah. No, yep. So, Jace, since another thing, another storyline, since, since you talked about it on the podcast, because Unashamed Nation is right with us. So I've gotten many pictures and of boxes of things from everywhere. Cracker Barrel. Yeah. So a lot of Unashamed Nation. So I, I had to do a little research myself. There's a difference between the macaron 1-0 and the macaroon. Yeah. Because I've gotten a bunch of pictures of the yeah. macaron, which is okay. the little flat cookie. It's, no, it, no it, that is not what no we're good. at. If it's hard, no. if it, right. if there's a, that's not what we're discussing. <laughs> yeah. The coconut <laughs> macaroon is this soft. This demands the grinding and, of the teeth. No, no, this is soft. Oh, yeah. And, Chewy. And, and fluffy. And Chewy, uh, yep. there's some moisture in, in the, it's a, it's, it's the, it's not a cookie. It's more like a coconut cake that has been baked. But yep. it has a softness to it, hmm. so yep. I'm 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 going in. Oh, and there I can. There's it's soft to the touch. That's the first yep. thing I wanna. And I just grabbed one, and it has the right texture for the so coconut macaroon. Yeah, you gotta so have two. I'm O's. going in here. I don't know if you know. Yep. I don't know if this is planned, but I'm I am fixing so, to take. This is a which I'm stunned. That Phil, I would like for you to try one just to sit. Well, Phil, <laughs> for you who are listening, I was gonna bite. Phil put the entire. This is the size of a golf ball, and Phil put the whole thing in his mouth. Just he will not be able to talk. I would say for the next two minutes. I'm gonna have to admit, you did that. Uh, well, I want to simultaneously try. That's a thumbs up for that. Dad. Is really good. Oh, wow. Al, you talk amongst yourself for a second. <laughs> I'll say this while they're chewing. So Alan from Tennessee, and I met Alan at an event, so he sent me the picture of the macaron. Alan, no good. 
and it's got the feminine packaging from Cracker Barrel. This That's has no what Jack's described. No crunch to it at all. Soft. No, it's chewy. It's soft and chewy. That's what you want in the macaroon. Did you use fresh coconut? Unsweetened, unsweetened coconut. fresh coconut. Makes, yeah, makes sense. And I don't know if mom ever made them homemade, but I remember she, she probably did because I, I remember eating them a lot when we were younger. Now that we've jogged dad's memory, dad used to love them. Yeah. And mom used to buy them everywhere. Well, I see why now. They're really good. Does that not, <laughs> does that, that doesn't jog your memory? It's the first time I've tasted it 40 years ago. So. <laughs> Right here on Under Shame, we have gone back into the reaches of Dad's mind to bring forward the coconut macaroon, which is a fantastic dessert. They're they're really really good. Excellent, excellent job. Uh, I have no criticism to do that because that would seem like that would be hard to do, and uh, I think the 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 I think they would have a tendency to dry out. And so I, I would think as soon the the quicker you eat this, as as a once uh, famous person once said, <laughs> after a meal was prepared, I love saying this. I've said it many times. <laughs> the longer it sits there, the worse it gets. Do you know who said that? Who's that? You. So it was one of the greater lines that I've ever heard. And I will have to admit, my wife does not like it when I say that. But Al, I actually said it at the. You said it on Easter Sunday. On Easter Sunday, uh, I threw you and Lisa under the bus because y'all had preached and and couldn't get out of there. Mm. And we waited. They said it was going to be 20 minutes, but it was more like 40 for them to cook the macaroni and cheese. Waiting on mac and cheese. Finally, just looked around and said what everybody was thinking. The longer this sits here, the worse it gets. Which was a fill line from. But it didn't work. We actually had to wait. Uh, no, I th- I think you've hit it. You've captured that. So I'll need to get that recipe. And uh, so for those of you, because now here's it here was the disturbing part. Evidently, that the Dollar Generals they don't necessarily all carry the same things because they and don't have it locally. How long did you put leave it in the yeah. oven to get it brown like that on? Well, every gas station, fifteen minutes. Really. It took 15 minutes to make that? So it's a, it's a pretty good uh, dessert, ladies. Well, I don't know why this hadn't made a comeback. I mean, now somebody did, and I bought some at Dollar General. and uh, But that is fantastic. Now, I will say there's one prerequisite to eating these that's pretty obvious, but I just want to throw this out here. You must love coconut. <laughs> if you don't, because like my wife, she doesn't like the texture of coconut for some coconut reason. Coconut is coconut is one of those things that people either love it or hate it. I mean, there's no in between. Wow, that's right coconut. up our alley. Yeah, I it tend is. to get that view just toward basic humanity uh, on their feelings toward me. <laughs> that's, right. <laughs> that's right. It's like Jay's on the podcast. You love him or you hate him. Yep. No, but no, but it's something about a texture thing. And I and I've always loved coconut, but people that don't love it, it's it's a texture problem. It's like me and crunchy vegetables. I don't like raw vegetables. But see, I, just I don't like. I, I love that Al because, like Missy, when I bought those, uh, you know, whatever many bags it was, I didn't have to worry about her. Yeah, you know, because she wouldn't go eat it. Miss K, she said, "Let me try one of those," you know, and she had Lynn there. Lynn said, "Let me try one of those," and so then they ate one, and then I noticed there were their hands 
yep. came out. And so I was like, <laughs> look, I'm going to give y'all one of these bags to y'all work it out. And so I, I donated that to the calls. <laughs> that's really that's really good. That's worth that's worth cooking. Oh, that's fantastic. So from start to finish, start to finish, 15, 20 minutes. I was nervous Pretty for you dessert. because I am a high critic. I'm a food snob. I'm not denying all this. And uh but that was fantastic. You captured the essence of the coconut macaroon. And so yes, it was fantastic. So I looked it up. I think both the macaroon and the macaron, and Alex may know more than me, but both have a French origin, uh, which most most desserts are of European origin, which makes sense uh, because so are we. Americans come from Europe as well, but they both come from there, but they're both obviously made quite differently. But this particular dessert is of a chewy, um, soft yeah, That's the one that you was want. it. You don't want the you don't want the hard crunchy. Those of you uh, the ten percent who watch this instead of just listen, I will not be doing the macaruna because that was a dance that I invented after twenty to thirty years. I can't remember the last time I had had a soft coconut macaroon, but it it caused a dance that I couldn't help when I walked out of the Dollar General. You were dancing. And Missy said, what are you doing? And I said, it's called the Macaruna. <laughs> and so I literally was dancing in public, and I, I'm not sure the exact moves, so I will not be doing that today. But I just couldn't help it in the moment. So I'm glad this is back. Probably there's a lot of coconut uh, you know, buffs out there now. Yeah, I, am. I love coconut. Yeah, there's people who love coconut. So uh, just for a, a little teaser, We've been and today's a perfect time to mention this. That some point later this year, we're talking about adding a couple of segments into the podcast. One of those is a little uh, cooking uh, segment with Alex, and so today was a good little tester for y'all. But we're talking about maybe doing a little uh, thing where we introduce uh, her cooking uh, something for us uh, from time to time and us trying it. So uh, we may introduce that later on the podcast. And also uh, Maddie, who we talk about quite a bit, who is our uh, producer. Uh, is getting married in May, and so we're excited about that. And so we may have a little Marriage Matters with Maddie uh, where we talk about marriage uh, because we have a lot of other young people who are getting married and just married, and so we may do that uh, as well later. So just a couple ideas uh, that we'll kick out there for Unashamed Nation to chew on. All right, so Dice, you ready to get into Luke, or do you have well, some I had a, Well, no, I had a thought. No, since we're okay. doing experimentation today, uh, right. I had another thought. And so I think this is a synopsis of our, of our last two podcasts when we did the introduction to Luke, which was basically, uh, I don't know what you would call that, a dissertation on Luke 1. One, three, four, and yeah, kind of a setup for the book. And we did pick out the parts in Luke twenty-four where Luke seemed to, you know, be quoting Jesus over and over again, where the idea of Jesus being the fulfillment of everything that was written in the law and the prophets, and so we did a dissertation on that. And so uh, what I thought, I, I just had this thought, you know, we, why is the Bible called the Bible? Have you ever thought about that, Al? Where did that come why from? Is, why is the Bible called the Bible? 
I think it's a good question. That's it a great is. question. Never thought about it. Really? I never thought about it. Never thought about the word Bible because I don't know of any other entity that uses that word. No, I know. You know so that's you know. why I thought about it. So it hit me because now look, my first thought I'm waiting to reveal because I I don't think I, the word Bible is in the word is in the Bible. No, it's not. But why why is it called the Bible? Well, the Greek the word B-I-B-L-E. the Greek word for for Bible biblio means you want to take a guess? The truth book. 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 And so Bible, if the Latin that from the Latin version of the Greek word biblio means book of books. It so is, I like it, that. It is interesting yeah. that mankind with the stunts they pull, it is it is uh, uh, worthy of note that the word Bible has stayed Bible for the last uh, 2,000 years at least. So what I was going to— Probably going all the way back to the Old Testament. So what I was going to propose— No one ever called anything else the Bible that I know of. Well, I I think people use it as now, nowadays, they'll say, they'll say that is the Bible of, it's the Bible, like somebody will write a book on, let's just, I don't know, off the top of my head. Cooking. Yeah, cooking. And then they'll, the best book on cooking that people say, they'll, they'll say it's the Bible of cooking. Yeah, they they do use that as an illustration. I've which, heard that which before. only supports yeah. the Bible. So. Final final word. So what I was going to interject, you know, I have these strange thoughts. Most of them in the middle of the night, and so I had this one. I didn't look at what time it was uh, last night when I had this thought, but I woke up in the middle of the night, and I wish we would put under the word Bible the true story of Jesus. Because I noticed something about me. I like movies. Most of the movies I watch are true stories. So if I'm looking at a movie, you know, Missy and I have a movie night like, you know, once every couple weeks. And so I'm looking for true stories. I want I want to watch things that actually happen. I'm, I'm kind of, maybe it's my age, I don't know. I'm past the... Uh, you know. Well, I will to help your feelings a little bit. Yeah. Uh, as compared to what is run on various outlets of all kinds, movies, this and that and other. In other words, it's pretty refreshing that something. You know, most people they their hand is 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 moving. They're they're, they're nervous if they're going to start reading the Bible and do what it says. <laughs> you know that was. Yeah, I think I go get my Bible. No, no, you, no, you, you've crossed a threshold when you say I think I time for my Bible reading. Yeah, you like yeah. I don't know why that's funny, but that <laughs> strikes me. <laughs> but well, it's like, but Phil, I think it's that's the only a- book with this much information. And if somebody, it, it, it's his behavior, their behavior that keeps well, them from reading it. Well, I think you're. I think the reason I thought that was funny is, I think uh, we've changed in our culture. You know, we we just our last podcast when we interviewed uh, the writer of the movie, uh, Nefarious. You know, he was kind of saying we need to get back to that that Bible. 
preaching. Because, I, I mean, look, and I'd say 50 years ago, most people sitting in church, when the preacher gets up and starts reading from the Bible, they got nervous. But I don't think people get nervous much anymore. I, I think there's been yeah. a watering down, uh, you know, of the scriptures and the uh, and just the vital nature of the spiritual warfare, uh, to your point. So maybe that's why that was funny. But I had this thought in the middle of the night that I wish under the word Bible, because I had a theory that if I asked y'all uh, where the Bible came from, that you wouldn't wouldn't know, because it was something I hadn't really thought about either. It's mentioned and, uh, the word of God. Yeah, what, what I'm saying, I wish they would put under the Bible, this was my thought I had in the middle of the night, the true story of Jesus. I just think that that would give people right off the bat the the point of what this is going to reveal. I use terminology like, why would God take the time to have four different individuals, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John? Why would he take the time to let four different men tell the same story in their words? And, well, and but, then it, and yeah. they all say there's way more than this that you don't read about that we didn't put in here. That you, yeah, that's John have, 21. That's yeah. John 21. But. Yeah. So, but they, I said he, the reason he used four different men is so that you can't miss it. You that's read great. each one what they had to say, the same story. I think that's why he said, "Let me let four people." And what do you say? You you wish your Bible was is the truth. Tr the true story of Jesus. If four people write down a story. But Phil, 41 people wrote books in the Bible. And my point is, the ones, based on what we read in Luke 24, if Jesus was the fulfillment of those scriptures, it was actually uh, the Genesis to Malachi said, look, Jesus is coming. You you hear the story. It's the harder true story, to dream up. It's harder to dream it up which you can't dream it up. You have to take it for what it is. But if you have four people writing this about the same event, the truth about Jesus, whatever you're talking about that, you say, if you had four people write down and the story jives with each other, and, and that's almost impossible for four people. Well, how about 41? I'm not sure why you're just saying four. Forty-one. Because, now, yeah, four or, wrote about Jesus's life here, but because the but, importance but, of the topic is the final roundup, yeah, when Jesus comes down and and it's called the good news, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Good news. Good. I news. get it, but I'm saying the Old Testament pointed to Jesus coming, which to me combined that with the four men that you're referring to writing when he fulfilled when he was here. Then you have all those letters to, to churches who have now put their faith and trust in the one. And Jesus said uh, what these words are about. I have to be fulfilled everything that's been said about me. He went back thousands of years. And that's said, right. That's my point. So that's why I'm saying, what do y'all think about? I've never heard that idea. Most people, the first time it was ever called the Holy Bible, which I guess if you were looking back to original terms, would have been a set-apart book of books. If you were going by holy, which means set-apart, biblio, the book or book of books, was 
when the when the authorized King James came out in 1600 was the first time I think they actually put the Holy Bible stamped on the book itself was when the King James version of the Bible came out. So I guess what we would call the Holy Bible, I think that's right. And how long uh, was it and- for it to get there in print? 1600. That's that's uh, 400, five, six, six, seven hundred years since all these events happened that Matthew, right. Mark, Luke, and John are pointing to. Jesus, what he said, you know, what he did, you know, it, it, it took, it took, uh, seems like that's a pretty long wait. But the Almighty figured out, you know, give it time. So, you know, for in other words, what were they reading? How, how many copies were available? You know, two thousand years ago. That's that still leaves you two thousand three hundred and something in there between there and the time Jesus was there. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. No, I mean hardly any. Yeah, it wasn't easily available till much later for people because these are just being, you know, these were letters, you know, they had to be compiled. So they it's didn't kind of put it It's hard for any book to, 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 to reach the entire world. That's, that's difficult. Right. You know, a lot of people write books. I've written a few myself, but worldwide, I mean, it's a joke. So, but this went worldwide and I mean, that's in, Poor countries, but they, they, there's copies of it now, almost every place on the planet. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. Well, the printing press obviously changed everything about that. So, so Jace, what did you call it? What was your name? I like the your true name. Story the true story of Jesus. Yeah. So I'm trying like to that. say, here's what I'm trying to say. It's this is not, and I'm basing this on. I mean, it's come out of Luke one, one through. Four, because he said many have undertaken to draw up an account of the things that have yep. been fulfilled. You yep. know, among, just as they were handed down to us by those who, from the first, were eyewitnesses and servants of the word. You know, which Jesus called himself the Word. The Word became flesh, but even the words that predicted Jesus are all wrapped up in the Bible. So. Yep. He is the communication of God, someone said, and I agree with that. Therefore, since I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning, it seemed good also to me to write an orderly account so that you to Theopolis, so that you may know the certainty of the things you have been taught. So he's saying this is the true story of Jesus. Now he's gonna you know, prove that you, you throw in what John says, you know, Jesus came full of uh, grace and truth, you know, in the beginning, he was the word. It, it, it's the same. They, they all, like you said, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, it is a forward pronged perspective that says very, the very much the same thing. This yeah. is the true story of Jesus. That's why when you get to the end of all four letters, they capture the same actions. And four different writers will tell the story. They tell the story. So and and everything that was that led up to this point was to bring Jesus on the earth to be, in essence, the bridge of God and man, because he was God and man. And by his death and resurrection, 
he brought God and man back together. And you have to agree the four accounts uh, and what they said to this day boggles the mind, Jace. It, it, it boggles, boggles the mind. It boggles well, anyway, the mind. I mean, maybe y'all think I'm crazy. I just, it was an idea. I thought, because I'm going to large crowds of people and I'm speaking, and a lot of people do not know what the Bible is about. They think it's a rule book. They think it's fairy tales. They think it's a legend. They think it's a, a compilation of myths. That people, they don't know the point of the Bible. And I was just trying to put that. You know how people, they'll put a title and then they'll kind of sum it up. And I just yep. thought, and people don't even know why it's called the Bible. We didn't know it and we studied it. But you, <laughs> came, you, you came up with, with the idea First part for three, four thousand years at least is Jesus is coming. He's coming. That's what I'm saying. And it's then coming. from Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Luke is saying here, he's, he's here. here. This he's, is what happened. He's here, <coughs> and, and he's coming and back. And he's coming back. Coming that, back. That's covered. So this is the true story <coughs> of Je- this is this is where he was, uh, what he did. And where he is now, what he's doing now, it, it's all wrapped up in It's the true story of Jesus. And you will conclude at the end of the book that Jesus is alive and well, and he is at the right hand of God, and he is coming back. I mean, th- this is the revelation of, of Jesus, and it's true. Yeah. This is based on eyewitnesses. Oh, it's a mystery oh. discovered and identified and explained. The mystery of the gospel. Yeah. So let's push this through. Is what no, I. No, was... I agree, and 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 agree also that even from Genesis to Malachi, as we talked about in the last podcast that we talked about, Luke is basically once we studied Hebrews. If you take Hebrews and compare it to the entire Old Testament, as we talked about, it's just basically about Jesus in preparation yeah. of Him coming. I mean, the whole thing. So once you understand that, it, it, it takes about a lot of the mystery of the Old Testament, like, oh, what is all this history and these kings and the prophets and the Well, that's where I was things. getting. I, then I think people would hang on a little longer. They're like, well, this is the true story of Je- Jesus is how, you know, God himself chose to be revealed to us. So every word. But I wouldn't want to question God about how much information he would allow and how he would where he would put the information and how he would put it. Jesus is coming. Jesus is here. Yeah, but we put here Bible we're... on there. Somebody put that. I don't even know who put that on there. I'm like, if we're going to put James. something on there, if King James put the word Bible, yeah. I'm saying, why not put the true story of Jesus? Yep. Yeah. The, fair point. The, because there's no other book like the Bible. It is the book of the Bibles. So the, the is an important word. Story, because it's, it is a story. It it he's given an account. That's when you look up when he said many have undertaken to draw up an account of uh, uh, the story of the things that have been fulfilled. It is a story. Yeah. This is what happened. There was a garden, and you know I'm going all the way back. Yeah, and it's and, carefully tied into whatever happened in the past. It's carefully it, exactly. It's not a rule book. It, it, no. Uh, now there are rules and teachings in it, but it it's a story. That's true, and it's about Jesus. And you got 
phrases that prove it, the light, the light we went through, I am, the light of the world. You know, he's, he's the exactly. final word on everything. I mean, it, it, it's... Right. And what is darkness? It's where In the beginning no was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. You know, you well, like, Who's the word? Yeah. Oh, it's Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, we got bogged down in that. I didn't know we was going to have that big a problem. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... No, I thought that... I think it's really good. Let's, let's take another break. No, and I liked adding the word true because there's been so many untrue stories about Jesus. So I, I would add the word true story. Yeah. Well, this is like history. You, you know, I, that, that's, that's right. what I'm saying. That's Luke's Yeah, people point. who write about what the Bible says, and then, uh, you're trying to get them to, to, to start with the story of Jesus, the true story of Jesus. Yeah. Yo, true is, has to be that. that Cause he a, said, I am the truth. Yeah, and now, everybody that <laughs> writes down an addition to what it says, you can start reading that. You're like, no. Nope. No, no. And and I think it would keep you uh, from getting off of non-Jesus matters, which are a distraction and which and are really of no use or, or value in anything, which is, that's why I said a good, good question is, where's Jesus in this? How you view Jesus, every human being, is, is the greatest factor in what's going to affect your character and actions, good or bad, right or wrong. If you look at him and say, you know, how many times have we said, uh, who is the guy who coined the phrase, you either conclude when it comes to Jesus, in your view, he was either a liar, a lunatic, or Lord. Now, that was a, that was a great statement because the, what else, how else are you going to, or a legend, maybe. Somebody, legend. One of the brothers wrote a book. starts with L. He, he I wrote, think Madow, uh, Josh Madow. One wrote that. a book, and he said I thought it, was it would take more than a Jesus. Well, maybe it did. It would take more than a Jesus to invent a Jesus. One of, one of the writers wrote a book, and one of the brothers up there. Yeah. It would take more than a, than a Jesus to invent a Jesus. That's kind of a deep thought. I know it. Yeah. How would you make this up? So that, I mean, look, we're... We're the next part, you know, John the Baptist is foretold, which once again, now that we've we've gone in such detail about all the details that are that Luke fills up, and we, we brought that up in our overtime uh when we last did Luke that he was a you know, he was a doctor and doctors tend to be thorough. And so a lot of the details from, you know, naming one of the two guys on the road to Emmaus in Luke 24, you know, Cleopas. I mean, well, would you just make that up? Or, you know, and now you're going to make up a guy who, John the Baptist, who's going to be the forerunner of Jesus. And he's going to look nothing like a, a he, biblical scholar would look. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> So that's was, what kills scholarship me. Scholarship was was way away from this one. That's what frustrates me about the culture who just views the Bible as legends. And they say, oh, it's just a bunch of believers. They came up because they had an agenda. They're not coming up with a guy like John the Baptist because he's. I know he ran into the same problems that we run into. You know, and Phil, uh, you know, the story about the time you were going to speak somewhere you're on the front row. I mean, you are the speaker 
And what happened on the guy comes up and says it gives you directions to the homeless shelter? Yeah, he he came up he, and I was sitting there, their speaker fixed to speak, and he said, "Listen, the homeless shelter is right around the, the first first street down here on the left." Yeah. He, lived, he was nice serious. Meal. He basically <laughs> called you a bum, and you right. were. <laughs> not, not that he was not trying to help. And no, I, he was I, being very kind. And I had he to unveil crazy. that I was fixing to speak, and he was like stunned. Mm-hmm. He was very embarrassed. But, but yeah, I mean, what's interesting is when you read the other accounts in Matthew, Mark, and John, John just sort of splashes in, onto the scene, and he's kind of seen as a renegade and – you know, we know the way he looks, and he's got a weird diet, and he he's a lightning rod for people to listen to, and we know he's in the spirit of Elijah, and, but you don't really get any background, and it's really interesting to Jace's point, and Luke gives you the background. This guy had quite the pedigree, oh, you know, yeah. in, in, into Jewish, you know, yeah. he, he goes all the way back to the priestly, back to Aaron in yeah. terms of his pedigree, you know. So in verse 5, it says, In the time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife, Elizabeth, was also a descendant of Aaron. So we're talking a solid couple here. Both of them. And we're talking about back, and that's the beginning of the priesthood. Yeah. Just to, just so you get the pedigree. I mean, Aaron was the original priest of Israel. So this is all the way back to the beginning with Moses. Yeah. And feel free to explain that because a lot of people, when you start reading about the priesthood of Aaron out, your eyes sink back in the back of your yeah, head. Yeah. Yeah. Just know that this is back to the, the original bloodline of priesthood. So this is, so John the Baptist pedigree was the best. So both of them, verse 6, were upright in the sight of God, which is always a positive. <laughs> mm-hmm. Observing the Lord's com- all the Lord's commands and regulations blamelessly. Now, you know, probably because people read that, they're like, oh, were they perfect? But they were blameless in that these were solid people. They yeah. were getting it way more right than they were wrong. And the group that they were with, the group was not that large. Well, right. And I want to say this. The law taught us that we need Jesus. You know, it, what's James 2.10? So if you keep the whole law and yet stumble at one point, you remember, Jace, you're too. guilty of breaking all of it. But it right. doesn't mean they, they earn their salvation or that was the whole problem. But the point is, these were as solid a people as you're going to come across. You got to remember, they're going to need to be solid because from that time on, over in Matthew, Luke says it too, about three or four times, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem, suffer many things. And here's his problem. At the hands of the elders, you're like, what? Elders are in the killing business now? Chief priests, they're out to kill Jesus. And teachers of the law, and they're out to kill me. That's who Jesus was up against. And that's why it does have a lot of meaning on the verse you just read. They, 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 observing all the Lord's camp. This much wasn't after him. No, they weren't. So, but, and but, that's why he chose. Look, I think God chose just an ordinary, quiet couple, and to do extraordinary things with the people who just day after day were serving him and quietly. And so, in, in the you know not 
not that they weren't being spokesmen, but I'm just saying, oh, these people come up and you're like, who are these people? I mean, they're, they're, there's no fanfare. They just, their hearts And that takes them away from the group that was out to kill him. The, the, you got two groups here of, of teachers of the law, the elders that are there. You got, some, you got some good ones here. All right. So verse 7, but they had no children because Elizabeth was barren. And they were both well along in years. Once, when Zechariah's division was on duty, he was serving as priest before God. Now, Al, you want to talk about what exactly that? So, so what would he be doing? If there? you if if you wanted to, if you were interested, for those of you that are interested in that, if you would go to First Chronicles twenty four, you could do a deep dive. There, they would rotate through these different divisions to be on duty and especially during high times. And that was one of these high times that's being described here when you needed more priests because you had more people there to make sacrifice. So that's all I was talking about. So, you know, he's rotating through. So just imagine like you had extra shifts if you were at a work situation. So that's what we're talking about. So verse nine, he was chosen by lot, which I always find fascinating, which I wish we could bring back in some capacity. We should. It's it's the ultimate in non-favoritism. Oh, I said that before. You need another another elder. You need another disciple. Well, let's see. Let's let's cast the lots. Oh, Phil, (laughs) when I was uh, an intern in my short stint in the, uh, uh, what what would we call it, the official capacity of religious... Workings, you know, <laughs> thirty years ago, I've had more than one. I brought this up. I I've said had more look. than one want my, want to get my title, and I'm, it's a little, sometimes a little awkward. Yeah, but what I said is, look, get the people to, uh, you know, submit the uh, possible elders for the church. Because, and I'm basing this on Acts one. You remember when? When they um, replaced the replaced Judas, yeah. yeah, yeah, they replaced the apostles. Well, they drew lots to do it. I yeah. mean, they had a they little had pool guys. of people, and I'm like, why don't we do that for the elders? Oh, yeah. I was quickly. Remedial. I think if you're doing the, the lots <laughs> deal, uh, if you got God's hand on it, you, you, you're going to come out. But look, <laughs> but look, they got look, they got two qualified men, so it's not like they just didn't go out willy nilly. That's what they I got said. Two, yeah, they got like, two I'm qualified not, guys. I'm not saying open the Bible, you know, to a page and say <laughs> I wasn't. But I was like, once you get all the people, then just cast lots. I That's mean, right. let, let's just leave it, you know, up there like, what are you promoting, gambling? I'm like, they did this back there. Here's That's another right. case of where, where they did this. Of course, this was pre-Jesus, pre, uh, death, burial, resurrection, so I don't know. So he was chosen by lot according to the custom of the priesthood to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time for the burning of incense came, all the assembled worship worshipers were praying outside then an angel of the lord appeared to him standing at the right side of the altar of incense well i mean this is quite the scene here so when zechariah saw him he was startled and was gripped with fear once again another fearful angel sighting nobody was ever glad to see these guys by the way no, and it, it's so crazy that you believe it. You know, here's a religious guy. He's a priest. He believes in God. He believes in angels. And right. all of a sudden, you see what you believe in. And, <laughs> and it's it terrifying. Just, absolutely. <laughs> I use this illustration in my speeches about when Jesus comes back, you know, yeah. on how you're going to be. Because the First Thessalonians 5, 4 says, says that this day shouldn't surprise you. Because I guarantee you, 
when people see Jesus come back, there's going to be a lot of fear, panic, and just uh, even from people who are said believers. That's right. So, and and Al, you're right. So I think we need to think about the reality of this. You know, even when we talked about that movie, you know, the nefarious and all, we just, we have to really in our minds realize that there are spiritual forces of evil, and there are things that are supposed to be good, like rulers and authorities and all this stuff, that the evil world has uh, has taken over in some, some cases. Ransacked. Yeah. And even in some, some countries uh, on this globe where there's just absolutely no presence of God, you know, and they're like spiritual dark force strongholds, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, yeah. this this is a reality, and I think we have to keep that on the forefront of our minds so we're not so shocked when things happen, you know? But yeah, I'm chasing a rabbit there, but still. So he startled, gripped with fear, but the angel said, don't be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Now, th- this is really a powerful moment when it comes to prayer because they had prayed, you're, you're assuming pretty much their whole lives that they could have a child and it didn't happen. Yep. So, well, now that they're up in years, quotations, they've they've probably quit on that. I mean, they, they well, it's because it's not physically possible. So you kind of sympathize for them, yep. but you watch how the Lord uh, views this because he says, your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son and you are to give him the name John. So this is breaking news of uh, epic proportions. We have for breaking them. news from heaven that is literally <laughs> slapped him in the face via an angel. Said, "Hey, guess what? This ought to be a time of celebration. Your prayer that you prayed many a time has been heard and delivered." Of course, you know what he's thinking. Was well, too late. Yeah. Which, so, by the way, John means Yahweh has been gracious. Yeah, the Lord has been great. It's, the it's Lord crazy. Has been I gracious. actually uh, wrote, I have very few notes, but one of them is John means the Lord is gracious, which is, I have the same idea. So he will be a joy and delight to you. So, I mean, not only are you going to, you know, have a baby, I mean, he's going to be a joy and a delight. You, you usually don't tie once, because up to now, we 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 don't have a visual of this. Well, what the visual's not there, but but they were talking about that the last person you would think was going to be what he's going to be would be John the Baptist, the one they prayed for, well, and didn't exactly. get. Exactly. Boy, he came late, but boy, was he a doozy. But watch what happened. So verse fifteen: For he will be great in the sight of the Lord. Well, I, I skipped part fourteen. He will be a joy and delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from birth. Now, that's quite the... Well, and I think because of the circumstances, and he was the forerunner of Jesus who just came from a virgin, well, now we have John the Baptist coming from a couple... Who a uh, woman who couldn't have children, and I'm using couldn't have... In- How old you think? How old you think, Al? I think well, too old. Past, past yeah. childbearing. 70, yeah. 80. Well, I can identify I with it a little know. bit. Yeah. So, <laughs> so watch what happens. Many of the people of Israel will, will he bring back to the Lord their God, and he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah. And that was predicted, by the way, 
and we'll yep. we'll get into that later. To turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous and make ready a people prepared for the Lord. We'll talk about that later because a lot that that's a hard thing to wrap your head around. Yes, yeah, but lot. I just want to get the narrative that he lays out. Zechariah asked the angel, "Well, how can I how can I be sure of this?" Terrible question. Bad. Watch what happens. I am an old man, and my wife is well along in, in years. The the angel answered, "I am Gabriel." I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I have been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happened, because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their proper time. All right, <laughs> man. You talk about a clip. <laughs> never be surprised when the Lord answers your prayer, or you will get really quiet. <laughs> I call it the silent truth. What a cliffhanger! I mean, we're laughing, right, but it was sad, you know. It was really sad because this was the greatest news, and now he couldn't tell a single soul about it uh, because you know he did. He questioned. He might uh, the, have said at some point. Do you think? Well, he didn't say anything for a while. Well, I know, but he said to himself, that was a dumb move. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So we're going to discuss this more in our overtime because we're literally out of time. Uh, We're hard against our our time here. So starting the week of May 7th, uh, we're not going to be releasing anymore on Sundays. It's going to be Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. I know a lot of you spend uh, time with families on Sundays, and uh, so we're going to have all weekday releases Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So look for that beginning the week of May 7th. So if you want to follow us over into uh, overtime, we'll talk a little bit more about this, and we're going to have to flesh it out a little bit more uh, in our next podcast as well, because we got a lot of stuff to unpack. This is really rich. So if you want to follow us, it's uh, blazetv.com slash unashamed. Uh, we'll see you in overtime. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube And be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.